Hey everybody, welcome to Throwing Wrenches Podcast. This is 27th episode for January of 2020. Wow. Hard to believe. This is the only podcast, Daryl, with 2020 vision. Yeah, that's pretty cheesy. Uh, but you know what? It works. It works. Aren't you sick of the 2020 stuff yet? I think I am. I think uh, Toyota had something the other day. He's like, oh, this is Vision 2020. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. don't do this. We're still working on the catchphrase, as you know, most other corporations might be as well. But we want to welcome you here to episode 27 with another special guest. And we'll get to that in just a moment. I know you're you're waiting with bated breath because it feels like the holidays happened like years ago. But we've, we've, we've kept everybody entertained, right? We, we've been on hiatus for 30 days. I think it literally is 30 days. Wow. And I think people have missed us. I mean, have you gotten any love notes from anybody? I did ask. I, I did ask. I got some people <laughs> asked me for it, when the next few uh, uh, shows are coming. Uh, and a, a couple couple folks said they enjoyed the movie list, but I got slammed. I will be honest. I got <laughs> Even slammed. Even the auto show, I already get slammed. <laughs> oh, for the, some, of the, some of the picks. Not so much <laughs> yours, Eric. Mostly mine and mostly Driving Miss Daisy. But, you know, I... I stand behind my pick. I think we were standing at the auto show media night, and people were calling you out for that. Yeah. Am I right? Several. And uh, I won't show you my, my Facebook Messenger feed, but it's, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> so we heard you loud and clear. I still like Jessica Tandy. I don't care what you say. Anyways, um, we oh, are back with another new installment, brand new for 2020. And uh, Eric, what do we got lined up? Okay. Well, I should probably talk about the sponsors. Oh, yeah. And, them. and you know what? I, I'm sitting actually... In the house of one of our sponsors right now, so mm. I don't have to read copy because I think Gabe Casey's going to tell you all about what he does at his, his job, right, Gabe? Because he's our special guest. Everybody, welcome Gabe Casey. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, second time should be the charm. Uh, hopefully there's never a third, but you never know. Whoa, We whoa. can work it out. <laughs> now, welcome to my home. I hope you have a good time here. Yeah. Uh, thank you up. very much. Uh, Gabe is the lawyer extraordinaire. We'll get the introductions here, but uh, we are sponsored by Gabe. He's, he was with us all last year as one of our first sponsors. Actually, the first sponsor show, so we appreciate the faith you've had in the, the little podcast that could. I'm the gateway sponsor. I'm the one that leads into the bigger and better things. Yeah, That's right. right. And we won't forget you, Gabe. And, we move on. And uh, at your business, uh, it's the Casey Law Office, and what do you specialize in, Gabe? Well, I try to focus mostly in consumer law, and, and the thing that's really applicable to this podcast and your listeners is automotive consumer law and just that issues with buying a car, number one. And it's mostly the smaller shops. And, you know, I get people all the time coming to me, you know, that there's been an odometer fraud. There's been mm. – they, they said they didn't tell me anything was broken on the car and there's a $2,000 part broken, these yeah. types of things. And they're big issues. And, uh, you know, you got to keep people honest and that will make the industry a better place. 
If folks want to get a hold of you, what's the best way that they can do that? The best way is just to go on my website uh, that you plug every week, clopeoria.com. It's got a messaging feature in it um, that goes straight to my email. My email I see every day, a voicemail or something else I might not get right away. All right. I actually had somebody reach out to me and said, do you think Gabe can do a trademark or something for me? Did that guy call you? Uh, I believe he did, but he left a very vague message, and I haven't called him back yet. <laughs> oh, no. So I'll right. actually say that. Anytime you need to call any attorney about any issue, just leave some basic specifications on specific? what you want to talk okay. to him about. Like, don't just say, i got a quick question for you, because okay. that attorney won't want to call you back if they just think you want a All free right. advice right. on well, the phone. Well, <laughs> right. well, if they're listening, they know. <laughs> and our other sponsor, Fort's Toyota of Pekin. They are available on the web. You can check them out at www.toyota-pekin.com. Com. They're in beautiful North Peak of there, right off of uh, 29. Yeah, right off 29, right off mm-hmm. 474. And they say they're 15 minutes from anywhere, which if you're in the Tri-County area, that's pretty much true. You could be all the way up in Dunlap. You could be over in Washington, and uh, you're pretty close shot. And uh, disclaimer, as I always say, I do work at Fort Stoyota. And I think we need to have a new disclaimer because Daryl Scott is now a two-time vehicle yeah. owner from Ford's Toyota. That was not the ultimate goal of this podcast, Daryl, to sell you cars. Recidivism? No, no, that's okay, though. Uh, very happy with my purchase. And we'll, we'll talk a little more yeah, about that. Yeah. All right. If you don't know Daryl Scott, it's a new decade, and that means that Daryl's garage showroom of classic cars has become that much more collectible. He's so much more than old cars and super Tahos. <laughs> He's the man's man, the ladies' man, the man about town. He's Daryl Scott. Double Toyota owner now. DT, for short. DT. I call, call myself DT. And Eric Stahl, as, as the winter nights drag on and on, one man's dream can't be tamped down no matter what. You see, Eric is the kind of guy who always answers the call of the wild, even when it calls collect. And from a seldom-traveled trail out west to a muddy river bottom to a winter rally in Wisconsin filled with wheels of cheese as the prize, Bear Grylls has nothing on this survivalist. Eric Stahl. Man, you really got, I mean, that's some timely stuff you got in there. I wouldn't even talk about some of that stuff tonight, but I we'll, think we'll you, put you wrote some, me in. I'll put some sound effects behind yeah, it. I like it. Yeah. All right, but I had to write the intro for Gabe Casey, and I'll have you know that uh, when we were at the auto show, people were like, how long do you guys spend on those intros you do for each other? <laughs> like five minutes. Too long? <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. Exactly. <laughs> this one right here, this has got some serious pudding on it. Gabe Casey, he's a speedy legal eagle who knows a thing or three about a Pelly. <laughs> You got a problem. Wow. <laughs> you got a problem that needs a law. He's got the service that solves it all. He's a sponsor. He's a car guy, and he's your next legal consult. That's Gabe Casey. Right. Thank you very much, yeah. Eric. Do you, yeah. do you know what Apple means? I think it's um, somebody who's in trouble, or no, somebody needs advice. Is it French? I, I don't know. You can apologize it for it next <laughs> podcast after you look it up, just like protagonist. Did I say it right? You're gonna Google it. Apple, close enough. <laughs> That's like a, it's like Appalachian? Is yeah, it, yeah, is something. It a trail? It's like the Blue Fugits or something. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Anyway. Andy Hoosel, we want to give a quick shout out to everybody who has, uh, sent some, uh, if you follow us on Facebook, we sent some stickers out there in the marketplace because folks who made a comment or gave us a review on Apple yep. or Spotify, you got a little, uh, thank you gift there and we appreciate that. We sent a few out, got a couple snaps on uh, social media, so thanks for giving us some love and thanks for uh, getting those reviews out there. But no matter where you follow us, if you want to uh, tell everybody, tell the world how amazing this podcast is, we would uh, d- gladly send you a Throw and Ranches podcast sticker with artwork by Nate Sosa and a beautiful, beautiful design. Holds up no matter what the season, what weather you have. Uh, it looks good on a uh, fridge in your garage or on your family ride or on a light pole on a major metropolitan Looks good on your pet. Looks good everywhere. It does. Yeah. It does. Eric has one on his forehead right now. Yeah, I do. So. And there's, I have space for more. 
That's terrible. <laughs> but thanks for uh, thanks for sharing us on uh, social media. And if you know somebody in 2020, we're gearing up for a whole new episode uh, in a couple weeks here, and we're trying to line things up as the year progresses. If you know someone we should talk to, hey, somebody who's cool, somebody who's into the hobby, somebody who's doing really neat stuff, let us know. Hit us up at info at throwingwrenches.com. We yeah. talked about this a little bit, and actually Daryl had some people reach out and say, hey, I'd like to help the show out, but you know, I'm, I don't know what I can do. Patreon's a great little way that you can throw a buck or two at us every month, and that actually helps us out. Uh, we're not going to be rolling the Benjamins, but it'll actually no. pay the server fees, and it'll help us get the show out. Every dollar that we get from contributions on stuff like that and from our sponsors like Gabe, uh, we actually put right back into advertising for the show. Daryl and I are not lining our bank accounts by any means on no. this, this program. So, But if you want more people to listen, you want us to be more successful, we'd appreciate any help you could give us there. All right. So where are we at? Are we going to start diving into... Well, I'm going to apologize for one thing. Uh-oh. We did the big, the big Christmas show. I'm not going to apologize for you driving Miss Daisy stuff, but I'm going to apologize for saying... <laughs> <laughs> protagonist. Neither am I. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. I, you know, I thought the protagonist was the antagonist, the guy who like upsets the, the hero, but that's really not the case. It's actually uh, one or more of the leading characters in a, in a movie or feature. And I said protagonist when we're talking about the evil and the baddie. So I apologize for that. And I, apparently I will be looking up a Pelly. You know, for the next episode, be apologizing for that. Should somebody call you out on that? Or uh, no, I heard it and I thought I think I'm using that word wrong. I think, was it Princess Bride? I don't think you know what that word means or whatever. It's called your conscious, Daryl. Is that what it is? It is. Kicked in high gear. All right, now I, I want to make a correction too, as long as we're kind of setting the record as straight long here. As we're going clean here. Yeah, in the, in the Christmas episode, we were talking about movies, not Jessica Tandy related. Uh, and I talked about, I think I even did some, uh, no, it was the Ford versus Ferrari episode. Okay. And I was talking about the Stallone movie, Driven, and I was doing a really bad Stallone impression. Yeah. yeah. And I said, oh, it's the same as the movie about Nikki Lauda and all that. They're both named Driven. That's not true. Ah. That Ron Howard movie about the uh, uh, James, what the heck was that guy's name? James whatever and Nikki Lauda Ferrari. That was called Rush. Mm. Rush, which is also not to be confused with the Jason, Jason Patrick, Jennifer Jason Lee movie, Rush. About dope. About dope. Yeah, okay. yeah, which is, if you get the wrong movie... Yeah. That's bad news. That's a that is a that is a honey. What did we bummer. watch that? Well, Daryl Scott recommended this movie, Rush. <laughs> Something about heroin. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, no. Rush is the one movie about F one racing and stuff, and Driven is the really bad Stallone movie. So got it. Watch one, don't watch the other. And there's no Yo Adrian in that. No, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> Yo, unfortunately. the lug nuts are loose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't qualify. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about projects. Let's talk about normal car stuff, Eric. Uh, what are we uh, What are we working on in your neck of the woods? Well, I don't, if you watch my Facebook feed at all, you'll see that I, I worked on a project with my kid. We pulled the front speakers out of his Forerunner, uh, and because he's complaining all the time, he's like, "Dad, I need a little more bump in this thing." And I'm not buying him a subwoofer because I think every kid with a subwoofer is annoying. Yeah, he's loud enough when he comes up the driveway, but he has no subwoofers, or he has no uh, tweeters. He has no high end in this vehicle. Okay, it's a base. Third gen forerunner. There's really not a whole lot in this thing. It's got two speakers in the doors. Factory head unit. Yeah. Okay. So I went on uh, Crutchfield, which I got to be honest with you. Crutchfield nowadays is so easy. Yeah. It gives you the exact wiring harnesses you need. It, it does everything for you. You just even if you buy a faceplate for a radio, you know, for a radio to fit your car, they mm-hmm. have the exact stuff there. It's not like you have to, you know, walk into Best Buy and like pray that they have the ring that goes around your your trim on yeah. your radio. This. Crutchfield's pretty slick. So they got me everything I needed for the Forerunner, and it came with some tweeters, and I mounted them in the doors, and we took the door panels off. But I had to solder it, and so I had him help me a little bit on that, but I had to do the solder part. So that was fun. 
He's still complaining there's not enough bass, but I still I think it sounds better. You know. Do they still sell bazookas? Do you remember the bass bazookas? Maybe. Like in the nineties. Like, you could mount those things on like the well, <laughs> well like the boat well, you know, they sell those bazooka type things for four wheelers and boats. Mm-hmm. You seen those? Mm-hmm. They like mount to the top side so that way everybody on the lake can hear what the hell you're doing, right? I think that's good. That's like a rite of passage though. I think that's loud the, music. Well, well that too, but <laughs> When you're when you're young and you you get your first car, one of the first things you do. I mean, Gabe, when you were younger, did you put a stereo system in one of your cars? I did not. I put uh, a couple little daytime running lights on my '95 Celica GT Ooh, uh, underneath in there, yeah. and they deteriorated over the next couple of years. Like, I hated them and had to remove them. I got <laughs> I got to put some in my '97. Can you help me out with that? Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> he's my guy. We'll do some YouTube videos, but yeah. no, that's cool. That's cool. So it sounds better. I think so, but he's, like I said, he's still complaining. He's, you know, these kids today, never satisfied. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I got, I got a truck fridge for Christmas from the wife, which is cool. I didn't get like the brand name ARB or Dometic. I got like an off Chinese brand. I've been watching these things. So yeah. for about 300 bucks, I got a fridge and a freezer combo type thing that oh, I can nice. mount in my truck. And this summer when we go out camping, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I've ruined so much food and, and my daughter had some sweets and some candy she got in, in Colorado last year. Yeah. The water like washed into the bag and it just and, got gross. Oh yeah. <laughs> like throw and, it up. Maybe that's why the bear. <laughs> and I, yeah, right. And I never lived that down, man. So, uh, when my wife was asking me for, you know, what I want for Christmas, I can't think of anything, but then I'm like, you know what? This is something I would never buy for myself. So I think, I think I got a good one. We'll see how it holds up. It's got all the, uh, the protectionism for, uh, the battery of the vehicle. So that way it can't. Un, you know, discharge the vehicle battery. I can let it sit all night, and it, it's very quiet. So nice. Should be pretty neat. Does it do both twelve volt and one ten? Yeah, you can plug it in the wall. You can plug it in your vehicle either way. And the Forerunner already has an outlet set up in the back, cool. uh, behind the second row. So I just I just plug it in back there, and I'm gonna secure it down with some ratchet straps, and I'll be I'll be rocking, man. Nice. Yeah. Gourmet uh, trailside. And then lastly, my biggest uh, project was getting the Celica back going because. Uh, I went to jumpstart it a couple nights ago, and it looked like one of the, the wires was cut. I got it going, and I saw an arcing on the block. And I'm like, what the hmm. heck is that? And I look, and one of the wires has been cut. And so, of course, all my, my employees are like, oh, somebody sabotaged your vehicle. And I'm like, don't be sabotaging the cell. Like, it's been sitting out here for, forever. So I go home that night, and I come back the next day, and I walk out there with a the technician. And I say, we got to look at this. What do you think this is? They pop the hood, and there's a rabbit sitting right on top of the block, right on top of the valve cover. I have look. never seen anything like that. You sent me the pictures that morning, and I thought, like, he put that there. No, and it looks funny because he's shining a light on it. I'm like, I wish you wouldn't have put the light on because it looks kind of fake. Yeah. That's a rabbit. And then in the meantime, he'd eaten the other number, number three wire. So number three and number four are out, and uh, he ate the oxygen sensor wire. Seriously. Oh, yeah. So he's just in there. Like, you'd think of Squirrels, chipmunks, mice, rats, even. Yeah. You never, I've, have you ever seen in, I've never all seen, years I've of never, I've, I've, I've seen cats get under there because it's warm. Yeah. This car's been sitting for weeks. It wasn't warm. <laughs> and here's the thing about that 90 Celica. It's filthy. There's so much gross oil everywhere in that car. Any, any <laughs> self-respecting rabbit, unless he's a gearhead, has yeah. no business even wanting to be in that thing. And nothing could taste good. It's got to taste like motor oil on everything. Yeah. You wouldn't think yeah. seven millimeter Taylor wires or something <laughs> would taste real good. <laughs> But I can only imagine his crap was painful. I, don't <laughs> I blame global warming. I mean, this wouldn't happen back in the day. Oh, you don't think so? No. Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. 
Well, uh, so so the rabbit has been released back to the wild. Yes, right? and I'm eighty eight dollars deeper into that car by getting a, a cheapo aftermarket sensor and some cheapo <laughs> wires for it. So it's okay. and and the, the moral of the story is my daughter still didn't get to drive it over Christmas break, and I still I registered the thing for for last year. I was going to get antique plates, but I'm like, no, my daughter wants to drive it, so I'm gonna, I, I'm not going to. It was a dog and pony show down at the DMV to try and get antique plates for that car. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really? not going to do it. Yeah. I just got regular plates. I paid for them. And then, sure enough, she couldn't drive it anyway. She's already back at college. So that's what's sitting. So that was my projects. for. The, I mean, I got a lot of stuff burning there, apparently. Uh, Daryl, top that. We'll share We'll share some pictures of the, uh, Mr. Rabbit. I think that's, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it was great. I don't have anything project-wise other than uh, I picked up a new, a new vehicle. Well, new to me. A vehicle. new daily? A new daily, uh, because, you know, that's how I roll, apparently. Well, I mean, there was a little bit of space left in the driveway. There was. Uh, I didn't have enough <laughs> didn't have enough cement, so I didn't really want to plow. So I bought uh, I bought a 2017 Toyota, uh, Toyota Tundra SR5 uh, TRD off-road. And it's a double cab for those who are uh, into Tundras. I know there's a little Crew Max versus the double cab. What do you call it? Oh, is there a little comp- spirited a little competition there? Rivalry or something? That's a whole other thing. I should just get off social media entirely. Because I'm wondering if you're getting in the Thunder group now. Are you in that yeah. like you are the Highlander? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can oh, only yeah. imagine the aggravation. Yeah, it was, it's yeah. been about 24 hours before somebody's been threatened or, uh, you know, the whole, like, post a picture of your ride or you're going to get booted. You know, I know, and I did it. I, I dug a picture of him like two years ago. Why not? Yeah. Why not? But, no, I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. It's got the 5.7. Uh, uh, iForce V8, which is just a, uh, a monster. I love it. Love everything about it except, uh, you know, the, the fuel economy, but, you know, that's okay. It's a, it's a small trade off that I'll look at every day when the miles per gallon fuel economy <laughs> thing comes up on the, uh, on the thing. But I absolutely love the truck. It's a uh, quicksand, which is that kind of cool, uh, muted, you know, beige color. And, yeah, uh, it's a flat, flat tan. Yeah. Yeah, I love, absolutely love the color, and it, it, it drew me right in. So, uh, yeah, Forts did uh, did a good job there, and it's a wonderful truck. It's got really low miles on it, so it was, it was taken care of, and I look forward to having it for the rest of my life. So that's that's where I'm at there. But I miss, more importantly. <laughs> Is that how you sell it to your wife? Honey, we could have this truck the rest of our lives. No, that's what she told me. She's like, you're not buying anything for the rest of your life after I bought that. No, the nice thing about it, though, and I, I had a, a daily driver uh F-150 full-size, uh, regular cab long bed for a long time, uh, about four or five years, and it was it was great. I needed to move anything. I bought furniture. I needed to help a buddy with you know pulling a motor and taking it to a machine shop. I could do anything with it. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, I don't really need a truck. It's kind of big. Maybe I'll get a car. And it's been like 20-some-odd years. I think I sold that in 2002. Yeah. And I just there's been so many occasions where I missed a truck, so I'm glad to be back at the satellite. Well, the good news is you got one with a lid, so that kind of stops you from helping people when they say, hey, I was about a washer and dryer. Yeah. Like, eh, I got the lid on there. I really, you yeah. know, I could maybe get a little bit back there, but not a whole lot. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. does have a Lear topper, but um, that's probably going to come off in the summer when I need to go buy stupid stuff, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, I did christen it over the weekend, though. I, I put some Toby Keith on the radio. Oh, boy. I did, and uh, I already started modding it up, so I got some WeatherTech floor mats, you know, some real... High tech mods. Yeah, I don't know. It is nice to have something new enough to where I don't have to do major stuff, and you I can just. You won't have to do anything that truck for a long time. No, no, no. no I, I don't. I don't intend to, except order like goofy little things like air fresheners and stuff. <laughs> I don't All right, so we're in Gabe's house, and uh, Gabe. First off, when you pull up to Gabe's house, 
Yeah. It's it's almost like a mini car lot. It's awesome. Because but I do believe everything's for sale for the most part. That's that's life. Everything's for sale in life. There's always a price. <laughs> so uh, what, you got some projects going on amongst the. Uh, I mean, you might rival Daryl in the amount of cars you have. It depends on how you count them and whether or not they're registered. Oh, because um, I've got the a- same thing in your house, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gabe and I are kindred spirits, but Gabe's different. Gabe's has stuff like stashed away elsewhere, right? Oh. Uh, not any more than you would, I would say. Um, I've got a storage <laughs> unit with a Land Cruiser and a half, the FJ40s. A half. Um, and literally, it is a half, right? Yeah, there's no engine. It's uh, I have a title, but it's not it's not plated or anything. It's been pushed, never run. Um, <laughs> and then I've got the uh, the one that's for sale. Sadly, uh, I, when I purchased a Supra, it was not a part of the deal because the deal was never signed off on by my wife. But it was a oh, yeah. please don't murder me after the deal. I will sell my FJ40. Um, so that's been for sale for a while now. Um, and it's not currently at my property, but then I'm also helping sell my friend's Land Cruiser, which is a 60 series. And, is it a 62 or is it just? It's a, a 61. 61, okay. And then, uh, I've got my pickup out front. We've got the wife's Land Cruiser that's a 2008 inside, which also has the 5.7, like you said, great engine. Great motor. Uh, and then I've got, you know, the Supra and various other FJ40 parts all over. It's beautiful. Actually, in the summertime, he's got all the doors open. And I, I will say this, you kind of stand out from your neighbors. When you roll up here and you see us, because he's got that big black GMC truck out there, super in the garage. I don't think anybody else has nice a car collection up and down this road, do they? Um, actually, three houses down. I have yet to meet him, but he is an old AMX racer enthusiast. No he's kidding. got about a seven-car garage attached to his house. <laughs> really? Um, and my long-term goal, because I love this neighborhood, I love our house, is to buy that from him someday just to keep cars in it. Yeah, beautiful. So we'll see if I ever hit that amount of money. Probably not. <laughs> it's good to have goals. That's awesome. I always love... Um, and, and, and this is a beautiful neighborhood, but I always love like the newer construction houses from the street that look normal. I've got a friend of mine who lives in Pekin, and he's got like a six car, same thing, six car garage that goes deep that you can't even see, and it's like double. He's got like one of those lifts in there, and from the street it just looks like a nice little ranch. And then you go in there, and it's like you could you could sp- <laughs> oh yeah, <It's, laughs> it is amazing. So good to have good to have neighbors like that. AMXs too. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I followed him to a Cars and Coffee uh, earlier last year, but uh, I haven't actually been able to meet him um, just because we haven't run into each other. But uh, sure. that's pretty much all I've been up to. My last project was getting the top and the doors back on the black FJ40 to sell, um, which I've done before on my own, but you really need somebody to help you because it goes a lot smoother lining things up. There's push- like a rubber gasket that separates the, the walls from the roof, right? Yeah, there's a couple at different layers because there's one at the bottom before the roof and then uh, before the sides, and then there's one between the roof and the sides. Yeah, um, just, it, I can't imagine doing that as one person. You can because I actually took it all apart, and when you take it apart, it's in pretty small pieces except for the roof, yeah. um, but we actually put down some camper insulation uh, to try to make it a thicker because there were a lot of rattles the last time I put it together and yeah. it wasn't enjoyable to drive with the top on and the doors on uh, but we did a great job it sounds great this time around yeah and so, that black one I think we saw that when we met up with you it was like July at one of the cars and coffee in the yeah. uh, levy district that's a nice a nice little rig yeah that was it but that'll be probably the last time that goes to cars and coffee because you have the the Supra the launch edition Supra that's got your name on the back of it, so that's got to show up at every auto, every cars and coffee, right? I mean, pretty much. You got to get the money out of it. You got to get the advertisement out of it because I mean, it is a work vehicle. I yes. mean, nothing says work vehicle like a brand new Toyota Supra. Well, that's no, right. I mean, if there's an emergency, I mean, you want the fastest lawyer possible, right? Absolutely. I'm at the courthouse right now, Gabe. I need some. I need some help. <laughs> I mean, do you want the guy driving the Buick or do you want the guy driving the Supra? 
Hey, you could you could ride it in solid, Eric. That's a great tag. Love it. I'll be there sometime. That's yeah. the guy with the Buick. Yeah, it's kind of like we were talking about with Cannonball Run. You know, why do they drive a Ferrari so they can do so he can do the work of the law faster, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love it. We'll put up some pictures of that uh, that Land Cruiser as well. Well, so uh, just so everybody knows what we're talking about here, '61. This is right hand drive. This thing is from Japan. Yes. And factory diesel. Yes. Is that turbo? Yeah, it's a 12HT engine yeah. that's turbocharged. Yeah, and this the five-speed manual, and it's clean. It's silver. It's got these uh, the orange and gray decals on the side of it. It looks great, and it's got this high boy roof on it. Was that a factory option? It was. I, I think they only had it over in Japan. You can get the '61 series out of like you know Portugal or Spain, yeah. um, but it didn't have that factory uh, ambulance roof. They called it. Yeah, ambulance. Yeah, it, it definitely it stands out, and it's got the kind of cool mid '80s graphics. You know, big turbo on the side of the door. Which, by the way. Ten years ago, it was like, oh, that's tacky. Oh, that's tacky. Now it's like, oh, embraced, that's awesome. Fully embraced. Yeah. 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 yeah like, the, you know, like the old MR2s that say MR2 on the door, yeah. you know, that takes up half the door. Yeah. There's something about that. It's like a snapshot of time. <laughs> and you don't have to, you don't have to know what year it is. Like, that's about 85, isn't it? It's like, yeah, 85, 6, 7. Yeah. It's pretty well, sweet. Yeah. There were definitely stripe packages, but I'm not familiar with the, the FJs, those stripes. I mean, you could have said they're not factor or factor. I would know the difference. Yeah, I think it's just a regional thing. I don't think we ever had that in the States. Oh. I saw some online today that you could get wood trim installed to the outside of your 60 series oh. as a dealer option. Seriously? Uh, you should I've look ne- up the pictures. It's I've hilarious. I've never seen – are they terrible? I don't know. What do you consider terrible? Well, I'm sure I somebody mean, loves it. Because <laughs> you, know, you make it sound like it might be clumsy and awkward, and I'm thinking that would be so cool. I mean, it's... imagine a beautiful vehicle that you decide to just slap wood panels to the side of. Well, so like every says vehicle, every Jeep is, owner you know, <laughs> from the seventies and eighties, Grand Wagoneers, yeah. yeah. Which I, I, when I see those guys now, I'm like, that's so cool. It is until well, you have to replace that stuff. Well, yeah. it's mostly just that vinyl, like a you can vinyl. Uh, what do you call it? Get a vinyl wrap. I'm not on it talking now. about a K car LeBaron here with the, the no, vinyl. no, <laughs> no. I'm saying like the Wagoneers. Yeah, that stuff over time, all that stuff, even like the old cool like, uh, oh, Caprice wagons and yeah. stuff with big four fifty fours in them, like. The wood looks nice, but when people redo them, uh, what's the other one? Um, I'm thinking the Vista Cruisers. Vista okay. Cruisers were big, like uh, that '70s show and all that. Whenever you see them pop up now, they've they've all been repainted solid colors, and you see the stainless trim outline where the wood was. Like, oh man, what happened? Oh, that well, vinyl cost a lot of money. It was probably actually not desirable even try and find that stuff and seek it out for for restoration purposes. So yeah. it's probably all gone, right? Yeah, it's 3M. 3M used to make that stuff. It was called Dynock, and it was a big sheet of film that they just like probably used a what do you call it contact cement and just threw it on <laughs> but yeah very cool though I, I i definitely noticed that uh that 61 coming in the driveway so i don't know that we talked about the supra when you uh when we did the show last time had you even known did you know the supra did you no we but we were talking about it coming i think we were all kind of excited so you actually bought one you have a launch edition supra you have it in red uh, it's a gorgeous car, and you were, we were just talking tonight. You got the the launch edition package in the mail. It's like a booklet, and it's all kinds of stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd seen the launch edition uh, booklet in the Australian versions, but I wasn't sure we were getting them here. Of who US. sees the Australian version? What were you doing? You saw the Australian versions. So from the moment I decided to get a Supra <laughs> until about two months after I bought mine, even yeah. I would be on YouTube every night just watching every Supra 2020 video I could find because really? I was obsessed. Okay. I mean, how could you not be? Sure. Um, and so at that point I'd seen some unboxings and things his like poor that. Poor wife, his poor wife. It, this has been terrible. I didn't make her watch the YouTube. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's we, free we, country. 
Yeah, we got the book here. It comes very nicely packaged. Uh, you know, you open it up. It's very grand. Mine was broken, which is a little unfortunate. Oh, There's some man. glue. Toyota, um, did you hear that? He got a broken book. I guess we can blame FedEx, but uh, it's mm. a beautiful book inside, uh, you know, well-bound, 200 probably pages, full-color pictures of the different cars. So not just my car, but, you know, the whole heritage of the Supra, all the different series and uh, marks. Um, it's also got the GT race cars and everything else that they're putting out now. And to be clear, you were a Toyota guy from back in the day, so you can appreciate that even more, right? Yeah, I mean, my first car ever was a Toyota, and I've had many trucks, uh, you know, pickups and Tacomas. But the older I get, the more into Toyota I get. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that from day one I was a Toyota guy. Yeah. Um, and you I were, still enjoy you were an Acura cars. guy. Did you have an Acura? Or an I had an RSX yeah. S Type, which okay. actually I would love to get one of those again too, and and certain other cars, but they're nostalgic. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> fun little Scandal. car. Yeah. The Audi TTs. Lots. There's lots of good cars out there, but. I, Oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, we, in the, the your first episode, we talked with you. You talked about your TT. So have you hit the magic threshold of 1,200 miles in your car yet? Yes, I've at least doubled it. What's, okay. what's, really? What's the magic threshold about? Well, the the uh, the car won't do all of its functions until it's hit the proper break-in period. So, Like you have to unlock achievements? It's, like uh, a video pretty, game? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it was my understanding from talking to, to Regan... Uh, yeah. Who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago? Uh, that he owns this podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that um, that it unlocked the launch mode at fifteen hundred miles. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people <laughs> knew that online. Um, but I've never even tried to f- turn it on because I haven't had need to be in launch mode yet. <sighs> well, we got to work on that. Maybe, um, maybe mm, that's awesome though. So yeah. there's actually like little things that pop up that I think that might be the only thing, but, uh, okay. but still, I don't think anything pops up at ten thousand or. 20,000 miles other than oil changes. Yeah, but I will yeah. tell you, I think I'm one of the only Supra owners that knows how to install a car seat in the passenger side. Um, <laughs> I have done that for my children. Uh, I bought the car, swore they'd never even get inside of it, and then, you know, reverted to, it's so much fun to take them out for a ride and sure. see their smiling little faces and my two-year-old say, faster, over and over. Was your, <laughs> your car was the one that they photoed at uh, Burger King? Yes. Yeah, because he was at Burger King in Morton, and somebody's like, "Is that a super?" I think people were like hopping out, like taking pictures of you while you were like parked there to get some French fries for your kid or something. Yeah, there's a teenager going through the drive-through who must have been in the passenger seat at the back because he got out while the car was still going through the drive-through to come over and take pictures. Oh, and I saw man. him as I was leaving. Or he's doing that video like those kids do where they get out and walk next to the car. Maybe I don't know. You know. Look at this. Yeah, <laughs> that's great though, and it's and good for you because that's I'll tell you what I mean. That's how this whole I don't know, a crazy hobby slash sickness gets passed down is when, when things are approachable and you share that with the family. I mean, that's, I think, how everybody kind of gets into it or they discover it on their own. But there's definitely, what is it, like Ferris Bueller, like Ferris Bueller, like Cameron's dad, like you yeah. put the car away and yeah. you don't touch it, don't look piece. at it. It's a museum piece. Whereas, you know, uh, kudos for you for, for hooking up the car seat and just, because uh, uh, your little one is, your youngest is a gearhead, right? Oh, absolutely. We, we took him to the auto show this year, which I know we're going to touch on more. <laughs> well, but yeah, we'll get to that here in just He sprinted in and immediately said, it's a Supra, it's a Supra, it's a Supra, because it's <laughs> Dude, right there as you walk so in the door. that is so sweet. And everybody else is like standing there like, well, I was just kidding, know so much about Supras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you the wheelbase, the horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about that launch <laughs> He will be. He will be. Um, so one thing I want to touch base on, when you got that packet, they gave you like an entry to sports car club. Uh, what, what what exactly is that? Yeah, so I don't know that they go by their acronym because it's NASA, but okay. it's the National Auto Sport Association. And uh, shortly after purchasing this, purchasing the car, I got this in the mail. They give you a one year membership with full benefits. They'll give you a free single day of you know teaching you on the car, taking you around the track. 
um, and and some other discounts and things as well. Uh, but I haven't gone through with it yet. It's you know it's been well, winter and everything. And that's else what too. sucks. And, I mean, you buy a car like that and then you kind of have to sit it in the garage for three months because you don't want salt on it. You don't want any of that stuff. So. Uh, so that doesn't even come into play. But have you researched? Do you know where you can do this? Or well, from the brochure, it looks like the closest place is Chicago, which doesn't surprise me. Audubon, probably. Yeah, that's not bad though. I mean, it, 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 you could probably you know find something schedule wise, maybe maybe work that out. And uh, what what are your thoughts about tracking a car? I mean, have you have you done some autocross before in your in a past life? Or? I, I have never done autocross. I've been very tempted since I got the Supra. Uh, the last time Eric was going out, I was very tempted to try to, to tag out. But at the same time, being that it's the launch edition, I'm probably treating it too nicely. Um, I know there's only 1,500 of them, and some of the people that bought them originally are just tearing them apart, putting body kits on and everything else because they were yeah. the first ones they could get their hands on. Yeah. So That's in my mind, Simo's filled with launch editions, I believe. No exactly. Oh, okay. So in my mind, that drives the value up. But in reality, maybe it's not, and maybe I'm being too careful about it. But you know, that's the double-edged sword, right? Of buying something nice. Are there guys? I mean, with any collector car kind of like this of this caliber, are there guys that squirrel them away, like put them in a hermetically sealed? Because everybody sees like the the Grand National GNXs when those came out. It's like, oh, those are special. They go right into the box, and nobody sees them for twenty years. Are there guys doing that with Supras? I think there are because I think there's some dealers who jumped on them and they won't sell them unless they get a hundred thousand dollars for them because exactly. they still believe that there's that value on them. I'm not sure that this that today's modern cars will hold up like that. Okay, I just it's just like when we talk about the Teslas and electric cars and all the software that's mm-hmm. in there. Uh, I, I wonder sometimes if technology will be a hindrance on this. We're going to get some articles about some older stuff that's really got value because it's so simple. Yeah. So what happens to these vehicles twenty years from now? I don't know. I'm sure Gabe is wondering that too, because I mean it's an investment, and you look at it as maybe a classic car down the road. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bit of a gamble, but again, with anything you know, with a limited edition, a special package, that's where it's going to be at, right? I mean, the the run of the mill Supra yeah. might end up not being worth very much, but hopefully, this one will do a little better. And it's got that signature by Akio Toyota on it, so it's worth something. Right, exactly. <laughs> Even if it was stamped in plastic. Yeah, if that breaks, can I get a new one? <laughs> Oh no, we we actually were looking at mirror covers because we bought a uh, the auto show white one. As a matter of fact, is uh, sitting at Forts right now. Okay, we purchased the car. That was quick. Yeah, <laughs> show closed Sunday. It's, yeah, it's and, and we have it in our lot. So beautiful. we're talking we're talking about doing some modifications to that car. And I think mm. red mir- red mirror covers will be one of the first things we change. I think that would actually be illegal because I know that certain special edition things you can't get without plugging in a VIN. From that type. I, I believe such as like TRD hush, rims hush. on a TRD Toyota, you're not supposed to be able to sell to a but, typical but user. But if there's one with an accident, I can't get into it. Can <laughs> you just plastic dip it? Just plastic dip it. You can get the uh, carbon fiber mirror caps if you Actually, want to Actually, I, I was going to just vinyl the mirrors. That's all I was going to do. Cheap and easy. Yes, that car will uh, likely see a stripe package very similar to the uh, FRS I drove up here tonight. Beautiful. By the way, that's a fun, fun little car. Yeah, gets noticed everywhere. Get, yeah. everywhere you go. <laughs> I noticed it pulling into the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the auto show. The yeah. 2019 Peoria Metro Car Dealers Auto Show was last week, and it was moved up. Normally, it's in the springtime. I don't know if it's March or April, but this year, somebody somewhere decided they need to have it in January. And I think there was people, you know, going both ways on it. Some people loved the idea. Other people couldn't stand it. Uh, I was really worried the weather was going to stink on Saturday, but from a friend of mine who was there, she made it sound like the show was kind of bugging out. It was actually pretty busy. So I didn't actually – you and I went to media night yeah. because we're media people. That's right. You That's know. what we are. And uh, we didn't have Roy Firestone this year. We had an illusionist 
I'm not. I think his name was Richard Thompson. Harry Houdini. I think it was not Harry was. Houdini. No? Uh, no, it wasn't Dave Thomas. I'm not uh, founder of Wendy's. I was going to say is that that no, Dave I think, Thomas. I, no, I think it's the the the. The cuckoo, 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 cuckoo guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, that day. <laughs> All I know is we didn't pay much attention to him up there this year because there was no uh, racist, epit- you know, anything going on up there that was uh, that we had to be concerned about. You know, later on, yeah. we were in the room with it. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little more tam- uh, tame than last year. Yeah, yeah, I guess you'd say. But uh, so we're the privileged few. We had to get we get to see the show before everybody else gets to. But Gabe, you were actually there with your family. What day did you go? Uh, we went on Saturday in the morning. Was it busy? I. It didn't seem overly busy. There's a line to get in when you first got there buying tickets and whatnot, but yeah. on the inside, it didn't seem packed or anything. Okay. And you let your kids just romp? I mean, that's what you, you do at the car show. I always do. I let my kids get in everything. And you probably let your kids do that, right? I do, but I'm maybe a little more respectful. I try oh, to get in the car. On. I bring my kid in on top of me, keep your feet <laughs> off the seats, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, sure. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> stomping on the headliner with their muddy shoes. Exactly. What 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 stood out in your mind? I know a couple other friends took their very similar took their kids took their family there because weather here in the Midwest is kind of crummy. Yeah. It's a great way to spend an afternoon with the, with the kids. But uh, what was what was some of your takeaways? Well, first of all, we love the Peoria Auto Show. We always have, and it, there's not a whole lot to do in Central Illinois in the winter, as you two know. Um, to go spend five, ten bucks, it's cheap to get My in. My agenda's full. I don't. I can't speak for you. Now, some <laughs> of us work full time. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> some of us have to even change oil sometimes. Shots fired. <laughs> but it's it's a great free, you know, not free, but cheap entertainment. You can get buy one get ones every year at SFQ. You can get free tickets sometimes for, at, from at, us, at Ford's yeah, yeah. if you want to drive out there to get them first. Oh my, it's such a long. It's, it's 15 minutes from anywhere, Gabe. That's and I then heard. it's 15 minutes back. So. <laughs> <laughs> With the price of gas and thirty minutes of my time, you gotta you gotta weigh the scales. Oh my God. It's but the big truck. He if you drives. enjoy driving, you know. Then never mind. Never mind. All right, please. Go Anyways, on. the <laughs> show. We, gonna, we've always gonna... enjoyed it, but the the one thing that stood out, the two things that stood out to me this year is that first off, by moving it up, it corresponded with playoff NFL playoff NFL yeah and we actually had to cram like hey we're really interested in all the games this year the Packers are still in it go pack go oh, that's you right. got to figure yeah. out oh, when we could go I'm coming over this weekend we'll watch pack over here that sounds great we got the TV upstairs right. <laughs> but the, the point is I don't think that they thought about that I think they moved it up to coincide with other auto shows is that correct Eric uh, I don't I don't know if that was the agenda or not I know that they had talked about the fact that it's irrelevant by the time it rolls around in March so they talked about moving up, and I think they talked about the fact that they thought they'd get better crowds because people wouldn't be going, you know, they'd be wanting to be inside. But I do believe that Detroit, and Detroit moved up big time, but I don't think Detroit had anything to do with Peoria's. Yeah, and, and Chicago's is what, February? Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe just to make it more relevant. Because yeah. it did feel like, I hate to say because everybody here in Peoria like, well, what about us, what about us? Chicago and St. Louis always get the big stuff. Yeah, because they're bigger cities. But I think moving that up to uh, just after the holidays, it did. I, I don't know. I thought it was a, a better use of of the time because otherwise, yeah, by April it's like who cares? I already, I've already read all the magazines of the 2020s. I've already seen some locally. You know, it's no big deal here. It's still kind of new. So yeah, so I I think it was a good thought. But again, it it corresponds with more things going on in the weekend. The second thing I noticed, Eric talked about the weather already. But what you don't realize is, at least for all the vendors, because I was actually a vendor at the auto show last year. Oh, this that's year, right. That's right. I just attended. Handing out those koozies. Exactly. I bought way too many koozies, <laughs> <laughs> which is another great story. <laughs> but this year, all of the vendors were absolutely freezing because the temperature was so much colder outside. They had heaters. They were trying to stay warm. And you, I don't you know. You talking about that hallway? I'm talking about both the hallways. Okay. Yeah. 
So by the outside, by the windows where they set up the majority of the vendor booths, it was very cold. They had heaters. People did not probably want to hang out. So for them, at least, it was far more miserable than having it in April. Uh, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't know if there is substantially too much different. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I I would I thought about going back just did you for about a minute for about a minute, <laughs> uh, but it was it was nice to get the the lay of the land there and and the stuff that they brought. I don't know just just from my perspective, the stuff they bought was you know, you had a new vet. We got to see the C eight in person for folks who hadn't made it to Uftring or some of the other local un, uh, unveilings, if yes. you will. That was neat to see. Uh, they they had some some nice stuff, but for the most part, it was pretty. I hate to say, it, like pedestrian kind of, yeah. just you know, your you know, Lincoln Aviators and your Ford Explorers. And now things there like was that. An, an NSX there, and I didn't see it because I we didn't wander around that much. We were kind of really, you know, yeah. You and I were kind of just hanging out in one yeah. spot. It seemed like this year. I walked through the whole show and I didn't see an NSX. I'm sure it was there. I wonder if it was in the 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 outside. I don't know. It had to be well. Acura had to be all together. I would think it'd be well. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see that part. So yeah, I mean, um, maybe they loaded it later in the now, night. I did go after one of my friends who works over at Denison Chevrolet because she took put a bunch of pictures of the C8. Like, oh, look at it, it's so beautiful. And I said, oh, they're not letting people sit in it. Well, no, it's a ninety thousand dollar car. And I'm like, oh, ninety thousand. I said, I think there's a Lincoln Navigator. It's more expensive than that. <laughs> right. And probably stickers for more. <laughs> I'm like in the that was also the dichotomy that you know the the vet you couldn't sit in but the super was sitting over there and I got pictures of people with their kids running all over that car right. you know I'm like that's cool yeah. I'm I'm glad to have did that now when we got the car it's got some scratches and God knows what you know who puked on the inside of it but uh, it'll make a good race car that's what, isn't that what the auto show specials are all about yeah I I hope we got the auto show special on that thing hopefully, hopefully. yeah yeah interesting stuff I, I did see Chevy's lineup that they brought to the show here locally was I believe. A Vet, an Equinox, a Traverse, two Silverados, and like some little bolt or whatever that's bolt. The bolt, I was going to say the bolt was there. Yeah. Which it's just, and it's, there's nothing in the middle. I can't believe you didn't shop a bolt, Daryl, when you were looking for Tundras. Well, I just, here's the thing. I like to fit in, in my vehicles. There's that. But, uh, yeah. Well, before we move on from the auto show, I don't know if everybody knows, but the best kept secret of the auto show is that there is a DMV table there. Oh, really? And you oh, yeah, can yeah, yeah. get plates. You can renew your license. Yep. And Serious? I've you do it. not have to go to the DMV. I've what? done it. One year when I was a vendor there, I actually went down to that booth and I did that. I forgot all about that. Dang. Why didn't I know about this? I was I was hoping you were going to say the Jesse White dancers were there. <laughs> Jesse White tumblers. The tumblers. I want to get a picture with the tumblers. Oh, my god! get a handstand. No. So that, honestly, that's worth the $5 mission right there. You don't have to go to the DMV to renew your license. You can go to the auto show. Pay Maybe I could have got that antique plate handled while I was there, too. What did they, what, did they give you the runaround or what? No, see, nobody knew about them because if you go to the state DMV site right now, um, all the information is for up to 2019. When you bought an antique plate in 2014. Or five years. Yeah, or five yeah. years. But there's nothing on the state website right now for 2020 and beyond. And so when I went in there, the gal had no idea of the fees. She had no brochures, no paperwork on it. I don't know what they're doing. Great. Uh, but she was able to talk to somebody, and they gave me some information. I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it right now. I'll just register for another year. And she's like, the car has to be this old. I'm like, don't worry. Like it, yeah, <laughs> it meets the qualifications. Well, we just renewed all of ours because we, I mean, we had existing AV plates, so we just got another sticker for thirty-five a piece or whatever. Yeah, okay. So that's fine. But yeah, applying for the, for the first time, you got to fill out the affidavit of use and say you're not driving it to work and all that. Well, I'm going to get the expanded. I think that the expanded antique. The EAs. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, I can kind of do a little bit more. I can drive it 
all seasons, right? As long as I'm going to shows. Uh, you can drive and, it through November, yeah. uh, regular use, but yeah, you can always drive it to service stations or to go to shows, just like the antique license yeah. plate. Yeah. Next year. Next year's. 2021 is your year, man. Next year. Right. All right. All right. We done with the auto show. Anything else? Anybody wants to, anybody see Spider-Man? Anything, anything like no, that? No. No. Yeah. Kid's got a nice picture of Spider-Man. Yeah. Real I, great. I saw a smiling Batman picture my friend took. I'm like, that's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she did like a selfie with Batman. He's got like a big toothy grin. I'm like, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't really Batman. It wasn't Christian Bale. I'll no, tell you that. No. <laughs> no. There's some guy named Kevin. Who are you? Who runs a, a fertilizer store? <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk a little bit about some people stuck in the mud because yeah, let's get to this week in social media. My new favorite segment of the show, Twism. Twism. Hey, hang on, we gotta have it. You got it. Twism. There you go. All right, you like that? We'll work on that. All right, so there was a guy. Uh, it was a young Canadian guy who decided he was going to go out in a lake bed out in Nevada. This was a great story. If you've been following on, on Facebook or uh, anywhere else, you can Google this right now. His name is George Sukhanoff. He's a Canadian engineer. And I don't know why anybody does this, but, you know, he probably had two weeks off for Christmas because he's Canadian. And uh, drove down to Nevada and decided he was going to go across. Here's the thing. What is it? Every, <laughs> he got two weeks out because he's probably a Canadian. They, no. they nationalize Christmas time yeah, off, just do. like healthcare. Yeah. Do they really? No. I, I don't know. I, a friend, of mine, a friend <laughs> of mine is in England, and they get like two weeks off. I mean, and, and Caterpillar people do this. If he's an engineer and he works for any large firm, they probably just shut down. Probably. You can't get anything done at any manufacturer <laughs> level between those last two weeks at, at Christmas and New Year's. I know this for a fact. Every year as a retailer, I'm working, and I can't get a hold of anybody for support back in especially, the factory. Especially in Canada, eh? Anyway, yeah. so that's where that hate is coming <laughs> from. <laughs> it's, and it's little, boiling over, Daryl. seething. Eric is seething over here. <laughs> Sounds like somebody else needs two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, really. Anyways. Anyway, George Sukhanoff, um, Canadian <laughs> engineer. We don't know what he does for a living, other than he's an engineer. Probably took time off, you know, unpaid. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I guess that's the the height of the story. He yeah. got time off anyway. unpaid. So with his minds two, are blown. Right. So, so with his two weeks off, he drives down from Canada to a lake bed in Nevada. By, just him, by himself. So here's the deal. Right. As an overlander, there, I think there's kind of a cardinal rule that if you're going to go out and do anything or do any wheeling even, uh, you usually have somebody with you, even if there's somebody else in the car. Uh, but this guy, he decides he's going to drive out in rural Nevada. He's out on a lake bed that's frozen. And during the summertime, during the fall and the spring, it's known as a pretty easy place to go. But in the wintertime, this lake bed actually turns into a lake. And this guy gets about five miles into this thing, and he's stuck. He's got probably all-terrain tires. They're probably very similar to the, the tires that are on my truck, Tree Hugger. And I know how it is. As a matter of fact, I just got stuck in the mud on the Mackinac River on January 1st. I didn't want to bring that up. I can tell you all about being all right, stuck in the mud. Right. But I had a winch. George had a winch. But if you don't have a land anchor or something like that, which I don't know if you're know, familiar with a land anchor, it's a device you throw out 100 yards and you can like put it in the mud and it'll claw in and, and grab for your winch so you can oh. pull yourself out on a... Something Ideally. like Batman might have in his belt. Yeah, a smiling Batman, a toothy Batman. Um, George didn't have any of this, so George fortunately was still in range with his cell phone for social media. He put out a call to a local tow company. They couldn't get out there. And so he put the call on social media, and next thing you know, all these 4 by 4 clubs start rolling this story. And this story got huge. I mean, I think there was 10,000 people in a group that was just rescued George Sukhanoff. Wow. Yeah, so I was watching it as it happened. People were posting videos. Well, the first couple of crews that went out there, they all got stuck, too. It's just a mess. It's a quagmire. Uh, finally, like three days later, this guy's been out here all by himself 
for three days. You should see the mud that's inside his truck where he had every time he'd climb in and out, he just got mud just souping up inside this thing. We'll put some pictures up because you shared, you shared this with me right as it was happening. Yeah, and I just yeah. like, I, first of all, I felt bad for the guy, but yeah. at the same time, like, that's going to take weeks to clean that damn truck. Oh, yeah, the truck's a disaster. Yeah. Uh, eventually got him out. And the coolest thing about this, because it was on social media, I mean, people are live streaming it, like, look, we got George, and they're, like, showing video. And you, I'm watching live. I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, this this is like a, just a little flash in the pan, but it kind of shows the power of social media. Um, it's a pretty neat story. And you know what? This is what social media is all about, I think, just to, to kind of keep people informed right now as it happens, even though it's not a news story for the rest of the world. If you're interested, you can watch as it happens. I'm going to be that guy. What kind of truck got him out? I think it was a Ford F-250, and there was, a, big it was, thing. There was an old 91 Toyota, I think. Uh, a couple guys in a 4x4 club. Here's my thing. You could have probably taken a drone and taken this guy some wheel chains or something like that, and he probably could have gotten out of this. Yeah. You know, there, there were other ways. You know, he could have airdropped him some mud terrains. <laughs> so here, here's a parachute dropping with four tires with some tread on <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> it's a great story. We'll put a link to it. Uh, Jalopnik did a nice write-up on it, so check that out. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's zoom out a little bit. Let's talk about some international headlines. Uh, during this happened during the holiday season, right? The the Carlos Ghosn, I, I the saga, say, the continuing the saga, the, saga. Yeah. Which, if you've been listening to the show, we have a nice little segment. We'll we'll drop the theme song Where in there. Where in the world is, or, or, or is it going to be Gone in sixty seconds? Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, I need a different tone, I think. For we we got our money's sense. worth out of that mixer. I, I like the echo, but yeah. <laughs> he knows well, what he likes. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Um, so, so for folks who aren't privy to what happened, Carlos Ghosn, a disgraced former Nissan Renault CEO, Im- embattled, I think we like to say. Okay, embattled, <laughs> uh, was brought up on some uh, some charges in Japan. Yeah. F- after some money disappeared from the company, uh, is no, that I right? Think, I think he got like a bonus that he, you know, he took for himself, saying he was owed that fifteen million for something. And okay. uh, have you followed any of this, Gabe? I, I, I saw a lot of the articles, but I didn't read them in depth. Yeah. So yeah, I have an idea. Got, I got to be honest; it's it's cool and it's funny, but it's also like, eh. yeah, like he's not. He's an interesting personality, but he's not. It's not like. Sexy enough to want oh, no, to no, keep no. reading, no. And, and no, and, and really just looking at him as eyebrows. I mean, just just that's what his, I think. His, that's <laughs> what it is. I didn't want to throw that out there. I think it's how he I looks. Think, it's I think those he, col- he colors those eyebrows. He's definitely got you know he's he's worse than a midwestern farm girl. I mean, he's got some serious serious. I, I mean, any man you can fold up and stick into a small black box like that. Well, we don't can't know. be that sexy. Right. On his own. All right, so well, he's, he's a, got some legal trouble, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's a little bit of Mission Impossible going on here. Right. It, uh, so what? So what happened? He gets busted. He gets brought. Up, we we covered a little bit of the trial. We, this we did legal the contest. We did the contest. We did the the game back with Regan, you know, a long time ago. That he had like a one in six hundred forty chance, whatever it was, and he lost on our show just as he was going to lose in the Japanese courts. So, Carl, this this guy never says never. You know, there's a way out of everything. Sure. And what's he do? He hires an elite SWAT team, U.S. Special Force veterans. Uh, they plan on getting somebody to Lebanon. They don't know who exactly it is, and uh, somehow he ends up in a black piano case. Tucked onto a, a private airplane, mm-hmm. and he wakes up in Lebanon the next mm-hmm. day. I don't. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So, so the bottom line is the moral of that story is if you're a wealthy millionaire <laughs> that is being brought up on charges of fraud in Japan, clearly the best answer to avoid jail time, prison time, is to smuggle yourself out of a foreign country and go back to your native Beirut. And 
leave your wife and family back in Japan. Yeah, that was a class move. So they, they yeah. can deal well, with it. they're not on charges, Eric. They'll be fine. Uh, no, they are for possibly uh, with, with collaboration. Okay, or, that's bad then. Collusion. Collusion. Yeah. <laughs> well, now wait a second, Gabe. As somebody, if you get... Like, say I murdered somebody and I tell my wife, isn't my wife yes, basically... Yes, hypothetically, you murdered someone. Yeah, Let's yeah go at on. that time, I murdered somebody. <laughs> but if I tell my wife, isn't there like some rule that you know is, you can't like pit family against each other or something like that? Look at the astute Eric. He knows about <laughs> the little-known rule that you cannot force a spouse in Illinois to testify against the that. other spouse. I don't know why I know that. Just Illinois. Uh, as far as I know. I don't, I don't remember if it's federal, but I know it's, it's the law here in Illinois. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. So maybe, you know, maybe she could do whatever she wants and she'll get off of that because maybe Japan has very similar laws to Illinois. I would say no. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, but Gone's whole defense, his whole rationale for, for doing this, and by the way, he's kind of like the Julian Assange of Beirut now. Like he can't go anywhere. Like you can't leave and be but, like, I'm going to go back. Interesting. To, well, <laughs> much less interesting and, and, uh, not as pale. But what, what, what his rationale was, I can't get a fair trial. First of all, these charges are, they're false. I, yeah, I did yeah. not embezzle, I didn't, whatever, the Nissan money. But I'm not gonna get a fair trial, and this is all set up, um, so the, the only way out is for me to just peace out. Yeah, yeah. The Japanese legal system is, they, they say that once you're harsh. accused, yeah. you're pretty much 99%, you're locked up. It's like uh, you're guilty until proven innocent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That never happens here, right, Gabe? Well, actually, in the federal court, that's pretty true. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, because by the time a federal agency builds a case on you, a criminal case, there's basically no chance of winning in trial. That's why they always just settle them out. And it's ironclad. So for how – okay, so – and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on our, our, our legal expert here, Gabe. Uh, when somebody does get accused of fraud or embezzlement at that level, I'm thinking of like, like a, a Jeffrey Diamond or like an Enron kind of situation, there's usually – here in the states, it seems like there's either a little bit of restitution, or oh, I'll give the money back, or uh, they'll work some plea deal out, and they usually are fine. I mean, what's different about Japan? Well, I don't know. I actually did a lot of write-ups on Japan when I was in law school. I've always been interested in Japan. Sure. I did a write-up on Nissan, be, you know, being a steel manufacturer and becoming a car company when I was in college. I, I've always been fascinated with Japan. Maybe that's why I love Toyota so much. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the inner workings of their criminal system to that degree. But, I mean, typically white-collar crime is just a lot easier to get an easier punishment on. I mean, if you go rob a bank with a gun and steal $200 – Versus, you know, stealing millions through a Ponzi scheme, yeah. you're probably better off going with the Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Sadly, I mean, that seems to be the case. I'm wondering if some of the cultural difference with Japan is there, there's almost uh, it's a disgrace, an honor, kind of, you know. Um, uh, do, do you think they do the whole uh, with Bushido thing? You know, they like or, no. like, or Harry Carey thing? You know. Yeah. I don't know, but like, there seems to be a little bit of the, by the way, the only studies of Japan culture that I know are come from Karate Kid 1 and 2. Which should have been on your top five, I thought, and o- over Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, fair enough. And, and Ridley Scott's Black Rain with Michael Douglas. Ooh, that's, that's, a, a, that's a good one. That's a fantastic movie. Everybody should watch that. That's your homework. Wasn't there a Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker movie? That was a lot of... Jackie Chan's, yeah. No. Anyways... But what I'm just saying is I think there's a little bit of a disgraced, you know, you, here you are running. I mean, they take their business very seriously and it's also an extension of the country and, and you know, you're almost like a representative culturally yeah. of Japan. So if the head of that, first of all, is from, you know, kind of a, he's an interesting character just in and of himself. Yeah, sure. But if he's doing some illegal shady stuff, 
they're going to tamp that down and they're going to they're going to try to make it hurt. I would think. So what would he have gotten? I don't know. I have no idea. I would imagine he'd spend the rest of his life in jail. But how how bad's a Japanese jail? I can't even speak to that. Yeah. I come on, come on, game. I want answers. I've been in a Japanese jail. (laughs) (laughs) All I have to say on this subject is that the the best Japanese American movie is Rising Sun, which is by Michael Crichton and has Wesley Snipes in it. I'm going to fist bump that one. Wesley Snipes. I forgot all about that one. That's a great movie. What's he drive? I don't know. There's a 59 Cadillac in that movie at some point. (laughs) There's like a gang. I'm gonna watch that again. Yaku- I'm gonna the Yakuza. Mm, maybe. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Japanese automakers, Mazda. Uh, actually, I think it was a European Mazda engineer ran his mouth last week. Yeah. So so what happened with that? They were talking about the uh, the Mazda MX-30, which is a little tiny SUV, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sold in the European market. Do we see that here? Is it like the CX? Five or I something. I don't. You know, that's a problem. A lot of times, they'll throw up a model like that, and then you won't know what it actually translates yeah. to in America. But uh, the European research director Christian Schultze, you think? It's probably just Schultz, but Schultze, Schultze, German. Yeah, he Whatever. told Automotive News that the small pack, this reasonably sized, has an overall CO two emission footprint comparable to that of a diesel Mazda three hatchback. Even after they replace the battery, hundred thousand miles of ownership. Long-range batteries would be worse for the environment, Schultz claimed, pointing to Mazda's calculations on long-term CO2 output. So basically saying, hey, we could put a bigger battery in there, but we did the responsible thing, and we we downsized it to be uh, economically, uh, sorry, uh, ecologically friendly. Yeah. But he's also saying that batteries are worse for the environment than yeah. the diesel. Yeah. And uh, nobody wants to hear that. So what happened after that? Mazda said, oh, uh, you can just... Do you think he's fired? Because Mazda basically said, don't listen to anything he just said. The comments of Christian Schultz do not reflect. <laughs> what's the? There's a legal disclaimer there, I'm sure. Yeah, the official stance of this company, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But he yeah. works for him, so maybe it would be a legal statement. It's the equivalent of when you follow somebody on Twitter and it says, tweets are my own. You're like, what are you putting out there you don't want your employer to find out about? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But then they also said, well, it was based on 2016 European electrical figures. Which we all know are skewed. I mean, right. the 2020 figures are far more accurate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just goes to show, I mean, that it, it, it still has, we, we have this mindset that there's such a thing as clean energy in the world. Not just the U.S., not in Europe, whatever. I mean, just in the world, clean energy. Energy isn't clean. Whether you're, unless you're talking maybe like wind turbines or <laughs> are they, uh, I, hydroelectric I, I, well, power, but I who's even... making enough power to, to generate cities and cities and cities. I even that. question that too. I mean, by the time you mine the copper that goes in the coils, that's built in the the windmill in China and is shipped over by boat and erected here, and how many eons does that thing have to run to calc- You know, to, to right. gain all that back? And people are like, oh, it's not that much. I'm like, well, that's because you're using you know children to dig up in the copper mines in Africa. You know, for the, uh, you don't see it. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Do children have less CO2 emissions? Is that what you're saying, Eric? No, I'm saying that the dollars and cents <laughs> wow. that they're saying, yeah, all right. It's an interesting take. <clears throat> but yes, 100%. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I, I, I love the fact that we are at least, uh, we were talking about woke culture now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the people are finally starting to come to grips with like the whole, oh, batteries and lead and nickel, like that all comes from somewhere. It doesn't just magically happen and, you know, a forest somewhere. Yeah, well, and, and all you have to do is uh, Google lithium mines, and then you can just see all about the, the great benefits of electric cars. It's great. But anyways, kudos to Christian Schultz. If if we had a, 
or Schultze, whatever. Schultze. If we had a, a, a award of the week for like our, our hero of the week, maybe we should start a new segment. Oh, we should. This guy would be. I, I think so. Yeah, I'd, he I'd, speaketh the trutheth. Yeah. I would buy him a ginger beer. Would you? I don't think he drinks beer. Just I'm just gonna go by that. Maybe <laughs> he, he does. He might not. After his mouth was broken, he's drinking through. All right, so let's head back over the seas here, and uh, let's focus on some national news this week. Uh, what is going on with 3D printers? Everybody talks about 3D printers being the rage. There's a dude out there who's actually 3D printed a Lambo with his son. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, so now here's the deal. It's in Colorado, and if you could build a $450,000 Lambo for $20,000, Daryl, would you do it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of hard work and math. But somebody who's smarter than me could. Yeah, a physicist named Sterling Backus uh, is working with his son on a STEM project where he's building a Lambo. I don't even know which model it is. Uh, I think it's the was the Aventador. Is that the real? That sounds correct. Is that yeah. The pointy one. Yeah, he's building a <laughs> so whole, so terrible. Whole, the a, pointy one. Aventador with a 3D printer. Now I've seen the panels on this thing. I've seen the uh, the the car, the pictures of it. It's all black, and these panels are gigantic. So whatever 3D printer he's using for this thing. Probably pretty amazing. He's investing $20,000 into this STEM science project for his kid. So right there, he's not really on the same playing field that my kids were on when we were trying to do ro- you know, Lego robots. Right. Or- <laughs> yeah, Some people play to win. I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to be the cool dad, I think, at that school. Your, your Pinewood Derby car was cool. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, anyway, uh, the interesting thing about this story was Lambo is totally for it. Lambo actually, is, I think they sent out a real one. To his house, so he could like model it next to it. I think they they're working with the school to show it off. And and I thought to myself, I'm like, if this were a Ferrari, you know what would happen right now to Mr. Bacchus? He'd be in jail. <laughs> he'd, he'd be trying to find a piano box like Carlos Ghosn because Ferrari be, is ferocious. His phone would be ringing off the hook. Yeah, he and he could not hide from them. They would send drones and everything after him. I think it's very cool in Lambo to support this project. What do you think, Gabe? Is that something to be a, a good family project? Uh, not for this family, no. no. But I mean, good for them. You know, they found something they loved. The kid loved it, and he said, "Well, I'll just make you one." That's yeah. the kind of father we all wish we could be, but don't have the time or energy to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I'm also wondering. You said he's an engineer, right? Yeah, okay. physicist. It said physicist by trade. So he's got access, hopefully, to some, some, some capital and some maybe some cool equipment. What do you do for a motor, though? I mean, is it it's just like build a model of it and then have it sit in your garage, your I house? I have to imagine just a roller is all it is. I mean, I can't imagine. If it were in an accident, what would happen to that car? I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, we made a model car. Hey, look, my ki- my family died in it. Right, yeah. yeah. It'd be cool. I would. Uh, where would you put that? If you built one of those at home, where would you put it on display for the rest of eternity? I think you'd probably sell it to the Hard Rock Cafe. Maybe they can make a table out of it or something, you know, and, and work around it. I don't know what you do with something like that. Maybe Jay Leno will pick it up. Yeah, maybe. Put it in his garage. He's got a big garage, I heard. Water feature. Maybe put it in the fountain in the backyard <laughs> next to the... It never Next rusts. to the Traeger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Speaking of uh, yards and uh, people... Doing things with food. Uh, that's a terrible segue, Eric. Uh, I mean, well, we are rusty. It's been 30 days, it's been It's been a while. Farmers are driving up the price of old ag equipment. So any of those ag sales you see on Facebook, like, you know, somebody selling farm equipment or estate auctions. Oh, yeah. We used to be able to, like, buy a big old John Deere, you know, with what, a 1550 for... Five grand, yeah, five ten grand. Yeah. yeah, the prices of those are starting to creep back up, almost like muscle cars. Why? Because they're a heck of a lot easier to work on. 
They're cheaper, and they don't have any of that newfangled technology known as computilators. Yeah, this was on the drive, and uh, it was shared with us on social media by Steve. I think he's a listener. Yeah, uh, we. Uh, sh- I think you put that out there. You shared it on our Facebook page. But he actually posted it first. So okay. I, I stole it. Um, yeah, I mean, here's here's the deal. They talked about some of these new tractors being two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollars, and that the repairs sometimes in some of these tractors could be as much as a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we uh, a couple episodes, well, like ten episodes back, we talked a little bit about. Uh, the other thing that's facing farmers with this is uh, they'll take it into a dealer because they can't service. They can't get the software to service things. A lot of these old timers, they're familiar with diesels and they, they know how to work on things. I mean, they're very, very astute yeah. as farmers are. And they're like, hey, this new stuff, I can't only get this software from yeah. you guys. Yep, because you don't actually own that piece of equipment. Nope. You you own this, but you own the – what is it? The leasing – the, you own the, the, the right to operate it, yeah. something like, I mean, it's like some legal thing, I think I remember reading about. So, uh, I actually have a friend of mine whose family are, they, they're dairy farmers up in Northern Illinois, one of the few up in Lake County still. And they said, yeah, when this started happening, they're like, yeah, my, my old man's trying to get any old piece of equipment he can because this new stuff is a joke. And it's kind of scary, but, um, it also kind of, <laughs> It helps people keep money in their pockets. It helps people keep if they're if they're a legit farmer and not like some big factory farmer where there's you know billions of acreage and stuff like that. They're able to at least kind of be self sufficient. But it also harkens back to do you remember when they started phasing out like the Caprices and the Crown Vicks? Mm-hmm. Like I remember the Illinois State Police. Like there were some um, divisions that were like we're going to send these out and get refurbished in a place out in New York or Detroit, like Michigan They'd or rather something. Rather preserve it, yeah, yeah, because like. We don't want the next generation of stuff that's front-wheel drive. The new Impalas. Yeah. 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 And that was a whole thing. I remember reading articles in the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, about that. And they're like, it's worth spending sixteen grand to refurbish this because this is a better product. It's more reliable. People know how to service it. And what's newer isn't always better. And I hate saying that because it makes everybody who has that mentality. Says, Says the guy driving the 2017 Tundra. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but everybody has that that mentality. Oh, it's new. It must be better, new yeah. and improved. Not necessarily. There's trade offs. Well, and we 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 can go way back to like the first episodes. We talk about uh, I, I equate the Tesla to an iPhone, and when Tesla decides they're going to stop supporting that car, it's the equivalent of Apple saying we're not supporting your iPhone five. At that point, you're on your own, and you hope you can find somebody who can work with it. But otherwise, that car could literally be down. Yeah. Just literally down and not driving, and that's frightening. And I think that's where some of these these high end electronics, and these big tractors and stuff, are going to end up going. They're not going to last the family farm twenty and thirty years. They're going to be obsolete in the technology probably in the next decade. Gabe, what's it like to have something that's on totally different ends of the spectrum, where you have something where you you kind of unlock the launch mode after fifteen hundred miles, and it's like, well, this is cool. And then you you've also got something that's like just a plain. Yeah, you're on both ends. OG right? SUV like. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can drive it all, and I have to say, I'm getting uh, I'm getting pretty attached to all that new technology, Daryl. I know uh, I know you're going to fight me after this is over, but no, 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 I, no. I think the thing that speaks the truest out of this is not the fact that the technology is newer and it's different, and they can't work on it. It's the level of ownership. Uh, Eric mentioned Tesla, and that's exactly what I was thinking. 
you cannot do it. It's not that it's too new and you can't figure it out. It's that you don't own it 100%. Mm-hmm. And people don't want that. I Have you seen the guy on YouTube that fixes up Teslas and he calls and tries to get replacement parts? Oh, and yeah, Rick? Uh, yeah. yeah r- r- rich r- yeah, rich yeah. rebuild. Around. Yeah. yeah. And they're Benoit. fighting him just yeah. to get a part. And, and that's the reality of it. And, and that's why I would never own a Tesla. They're amazing. Some of the cars are amazing. They're super fast. They're, they're nice. They're not even that expensive for what you get. But that's because you don't own it. So, I mean, things like this, if they're not going to actually give you full ownership of the vehicle, of the tractor, they should just lease it to you and they should take it back. Because what are you going to do with that in 10 years? Yeah. yeah. Scrap it. Good and point. not even for parts because somebody else won't be able to hardly use the parts. Same yeah. point. We didn't talk about the bullet, you know, Mustang, but, you know, that car is squirreled away for, what, 50 years or whatever? Yeah. Now, let's just imagine you had the first Model X Tesla and you squirreled away for 50 years. There's no guarantee that thing could even be fired up. Right. There might be an interface that thing. Where everybody's like, no, nah, those all went, you know, nobody can do that thing anymore. It, you know, it's bit, it's bawd is so low. We can't even, you know, communicate with it. Right. You know, you it's don't like, know. Try to, try to have a, a, you know, an old Windows 95 computer, Windows 3.1 and yeah. go on the internet yeah. today. Good luck. <laughs> you know, you might be able to get it, but <laughs> no, I don't think so. Cause right. you, I don't think you can get the network, uh, parameters where you have to be. Yeah. It's, it's a little, but again, just to kind of prove my point, I, I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon cause I, I do have newer vehicles. And as Gabe mentioned, you know, we've got a newer vehicle with all the lane, de- lane, uh, departure assist thing. And, you, you can know, turn that off. My wife is already disabled. She's like, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> I got used to, I drove twice up to the suburbs. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. This is, this is awesome. Uh, I was eating a Casey's pizza and I wasn't even, I wasn't even paying attention to the road. I was listening to XM. It was great. Yeah. Never mind. He should get a Tesla. Yeah, I probably should. No, but uh, you, you do get compliant with that, uh, complacent, I mean. Um, but newer isn't always better. Just try to use a gas can made after 2009. Oh, yeah. That's with the little, it's, it's almost like child proof slash adult proof. Get on Amazon and you order water, water bottle nozzles for your jerry cans. Yeah. And that's the way to skirt around the gas cap. Thing. Unbelievable. But they're terrible. Nobody who's actually passing these laws has actually put, put gas in their mower. No. I guarantee you Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or even Donald Trump has put gas in a mower. They haven't had to mow. No. <laughs> so, but, but that's one of those things. Oh, that's the national evolution. It's safer. It's this yeah. is better. This is better. If you're talking about a half million dollar combine and you're, you're combining, I don't know, 4,000 acres somewhere yeah. in Oklahoma. Not necessarily, dude. Better. A big diesel, and I—I I know you have old cars, but I—I I, my Kubota is a little two-cylinder diesel. I can, uh, sorry, I was looking at the time, Gabe. I—I uh, I can bleed that thing out and get it going, and it's a snap. I can't even imagine if it were electronic. It'd be—it'd be a nightmare. I, yeah, I would. All I right. would imagine. All right, good um, article. We'll—we'll we'll share that. All right. Do we need to move for, move forward here? Yeah, I think somebody's got soccer feet. Skip ahead. He's got happy feet. Happy toes? Something like that. Pardon me for still trying to be athletic into my mid-30s. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> How you, dare you? You invited us. Well, <laughs> well, that's also Eric's resolution for 2020. It was. Uh, Gabe it was. is to be more athletic. In yeah, his thanks. mid-30s? Uh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> I can lie to myself. Thank you. Uh, should we, should is we do it? Is that cake you have here? No, okay. <laughs> Should we Just do it? Kidding. Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's time for your moments of must. <laughs> All right, so uh, I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but uh, Elon Musk is quite proud to share that he is now at 420 on his stock price. Uh, do you get it? Do you get it? 420, dude. Yeah, anyway, that wasn't the big news. If you guys are not aware, Elon actually promised uh, that he would have 1 million robo-taxis on the road by 2020. 
And how many robotaxis think are on the road right now, Daryl? Uh, goose egg. Goose egg, that is correct. So, as reported in CCN, uh, they're saying that when he parlayed $2.3 billion loans off the $900 in uh, money that he got from his stockholders and uh, used statements like that, that he may now qualify for securities fraud. Do you think that made news? I have uh, the first I've heard of it. Yeah. Anyway, Gabe? Oh, I've heard of it. I've heard of Elon's securities fraud things for years back. Uh, he was assigned somebody to watch him from the courts a couple years ago as part of a settlement. You guys didn't hear all that? Oh, I think they forgot about that. I don't think they watch him anymore. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Once it hit 420, we'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're watching an article here. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Jeffrey Epstein has ties to Elon Musk. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Elon has a brother, and his name is Kimball. 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 Anyway, <laughs> he does some of the boards for some of Elon's companies. He's on Tesla. He's on SpaceX and all that. But also, Kimball was dating a woman in Epstein's entourage. So that'll be a fun article to watch as time goes on. And that is your Moment of Musk. Yeah. The 420 thing is ridiculous. I, I've yeah. never seen a captain of industry who, who just can just Who's get away with stupid. About- but the stupidity of the whole thing. You just... You know, nobody cares. I don't know. I mean, is everybody smoking dope? I mean, I know Illinois went. Here in Illinois, I don't. Have you noticed any change? Uh, yeah, I had to fire somebody this week because of it. Yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole thing. But yeah. it doesn't. Uh, it's, it seems like everything's the same. Every the last two years, I've been driving around Peoria and everywhere else. Just everybody's at a stoplight, smokes weed. It just reeks. The whole city reeks. This is why weed. I don't live in Peoria. How about you? How about you, Gabe? Because <laughs> it's I, just I have Peoria. not seen any differences, but I've never – well, one time I lived across the river. But um, I, who's to say that this employee smoked weed just because it's legal now, Eric? Oh, no, he did oh, because he okay. can get it. Him and his roommates could get it now easier. So I think they got like the Rihanna. It doesn't Rihanna sound like Blue he was smart enough to, to do whatever he was doing in the first place if he couldn't figure out how to get weed before it became legal. Well, that's a, well. That's a whole different <laughs> argument there. And we uh, believe me, if we had another hour to discuss it, yeah. uh, but we don't. So All right. Well, speaking of things that make us mad, we won't talk about weed or legal weed or just. We'll save that for another show after, yeah. after one of us gets fired for it. I'm possibly, sure. possibly. <laughs> or not. Um, Eric, let's, let's talk a little bit about LED headlights. I'd like to hear your take on LED hotline. Well, I mean, that's a hot thing, man. It seems to be. My son wants them. The hot new mod. I don't know. Is that is that a thing? People come in and ask about them? Or well, uh, the forums? if you're throwing this back on me, I can tell you this. I, over the years, I've seen them progress a lot. Okay. Uh, when Jeep started putting them in their, their housings, they looked terrible. Yeah. They diffused really fast. You didn't seem like you had much reach with them. Uh, but I've seen now some of the stuff they've done with reflectors. I've seen ARB uh, do some outside spotlights with LEDs that look brighter than anything I've ever seen before. So okay. they're coming along pretty good. It seemed like it. I, I still see, uh, especially in the the older car hobby, where the people don't want to, you know, chop something up, but they want I want brighter headlights for my older car. So they'll go on eBay, they'll go on Amazon, and they'll get like some cheap blue yeah. light special deal. Oh yeah, and they have the cheapest relays. The wiring yeah. harnesses are terrible. They burn out. Right. And they come into the store and they're like, oh, hey, can you fix my headlights? And as soon as you pop the hood and you see all these little black relay boxes, they're like, yeah. Yeah, no, we can rip all this out and we can put regular headlights back We're in. We're going to start over. What's the other, the little, <laughs> I, I don't know what the electrical uh, component is, but it's the ones with the little red, almost like a 3M thing where you you splice it on by just crimping it on. Oh, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. The taps snap, or whatever. Snap locks. Or, snap, yeah. Posi lock or yeah. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> yeah, when you see those, run away. Yeah, any car I've seen with that on there, like, yeah, it's going to catch fire. Uh, bottom line is I I think the LEDs are great. I've got them in my garage. I've got them at you know, the shop. They light things up. You can see a lot of really 
big imperfections in your paint. If you run out of the detail shop, they're great that way. But a lot of the stuff I'm seeing put on, especially the older cars, it's like uh, maybe there's different levels. Maybe Sylvania or GE or some of the aftermarkets are coming up with some good stuff. But the stuff I'm seeing from people buying off eBay and Amazon, they're garbage. Well, that's so, the thing, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to pay a quarter of the price of what they're worth, so that's where you end up, eBay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I I might have a little bone to pick with LEDs, but maybe yeah. I just haven't seen them done right. So you got any on New Year's any year old rigs, Gabe? No, I don't. I just have mainly seen them in uh, light bars because those have been huge for a long time. Yeah. But I haven't seen any actual headlights. Those yeah. too. My yeah. son has one on his Forerunner. He lit up on me one night. I swear to God, I was a seeing light that, bar? I was seeing that light bar for like an hour afterwards. My every time I'd blink, I'm like, dude, don't ever do that again. Optometrists <laughs> and, and, and are the warning. fines. The fines are. Did you, have you heard about this? They're, no. It's $900 or something like that if you're caught on the road with a light bar on. Because they're off-road use only yeah. kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I will say, and it's not huge here in the States yet, but over in Europe, uh, a lot of, op- is it optometrists or ophthalmologists? What's the difference? I'm terrible. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> eye doctors. People who work with eyes. Continue. Eye doctors are uh, over in Europe saying the next big public health epidemic. Remember 20 years ago when we started getting good stereos and good headphones and stuff like that was going to be, oh, everybody's going to be yeah. deaf, hard of hearing in 20 years. The next big thing is retinal damage from all the LEDs and high intensity lights. Have you ever been near a crime scene and all the police lights going? The- oh, yeah. It's so intense. I, I'm almost blinded. I don't know how, if you're a cop, you can stand there and look at those things flashing all the time, or an ambulance worker or a firefighter. I think there's going to be a class action lawsuit there, Gabe. So think- if you're a first responder and you're suffering from eye difficulties after being in a lot of emergency scenes, <laughs> call the Casey Law Office. C-L-O-P-O-R-A.com. That would be workers' compensation. Yeah. Opportunity knocks. Yeah. No, I, honest to God, I, I, I agree. It's a pulse. First off, if you look at them in slow motion, you can see it's a pulse. Yep. And even though you can't see it because of the frequency of your of the electricity in your brain, it's happening. So mm-hmm. there's a signal coming in there. I have to agree that something's going to happen. Somebody will go, oh, yeah, everybody has cancer because you had LEDs. Because you looked at lights, <laughs> LED lights. All right. Well, speaking, oh, <laughs> speaking I, of I, class actions. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, I'm a, I may have one here. Listen. I don't, I, I do judge a lot of people by what's in their car, you know, but I keep it to myself. If it's really, really disgusting, I sometimes take a picture and I share it with Daryl. But I had True. one, the, I had one the other day. I got in the guy's car and I saw it sitting there. It was a nose trimmer facing nose side up in the cup holder right next to the shifter. I'm like, are you serious? Okay, whatever. A lot of people groom, you know, in a woman's car, you'll find their shoes, you'll find their makeup bag, all that stuff. So this guy obviously grooms himself. Hey, good yeah, on you, man. Right, yeah. At least you have nose hairs. You obviously, people sure. probably, you know, never look at that guy and go, man, he looks like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But when I put the car in drive and then put it back in park and I pulled my hand back, my wrist rubbed up against that guy's nose trimmer <laughs> on, on the silver cutty side where, you know, nose hairs and boogers yeah. and, and anything else was just on that. How, how Don't loud do- did you scream? I didn't. I didn't scream, but I shared it with everybody. I said, "Watch yourself in this car." It that, come on, man. Just have a holster. Have something. Maybe put it face down somewhere. Put it in the console, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Glove box. It's unbelievable. This is spoken truly like somebody who's never spent time in the military or had to go through anything really, really disgusting and hard in life. Because that's not a big deal. 
It is. Dude, you're fine. There's Asian swine flu going around, stuff like that. I mean, not in that guy's <laughs> nose. Not, probably not in his nose. He could have been <laughs> patient zero, man. This, this could, I mean, could have been. I could be patient one. Did you did you uh, did you decontaminate after that? I, I rinse. I, yes, I I did the Purell, and then I went in the bathroom. And I don't, and I don't normally. I mean, I change oil tonight on a car. Yeah. And I didn't wash my hands. I just I use a rag, clean it off. All but, right. Uh, but so you, no. get, I mean, you get some 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 points for that, but. Yeah, no, that is gross. That's a, that's a weird Sarah, thing. To I have know in a car. you would be grossed out by that. And, and Gabe is like holding a man card against you right now, acting yeah. like it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, so, that's cool. Don't that's cool. care. You've been in the military. Look, it's so bad. <laughs> that that's not the point. The point is, is that your standards change, and I will attest. I was always the guy. I would wipe the public toilet seat. I would put down toilet paper yeah. if I had to use it and sit down. After going in a porta potty in high heat, and you're disgusting, and you're yeah. it, you just your standards yeah, like, change, it doesn't matter. and you like don't care fest. as much anymore. Well, I found my friends that have kids, especially at the age I'm at now, they've got younger kids, you know, been through potty training and flu and all that. They're like some of the people that I knew that used to be kind of not germaphobes, but a little more on that side of things. Now they're like they'll eat, you know, French fry falls on the floor at a bar at. Two in the morning, they'll yeah. pick it up and eat it. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> uh, kids, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I get so it. So I don't know. If you were a he date get, and you're getting it. in the car yeah, and you're going to go on a date it. with the guy and he's got his nose clippers, judge the hell out of him. But if he's just got it in for service, I maybe cut him a little slack. That's my take. <laughs> well, it's even better if he rolled in just, you know, just like trimming it as you got out of the car. I mean, what's the difference? You can't see. How are you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I could go down a whole rabbit hole here, oh, but I'm just going to say. Believe me, there was the one I I'd sent there the other day, guys. He, he basically was like collecting arm juice on the side of his uh his door. Remember that picture I sent? Yeah, it yeah, was just like door panel. Up. It was disgusting, uh, and he could wipe it. I think he's literally building a collection of whatever is coming off his arm there. It's okay. Uh, that's pretty bad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> sorry. All right, yeah. Let's all right. Get, should we get down to the cars of the week as yeah. we're moving along here? Let's move along to happy right. thoughts here. Cars of the week. I just did that. We never do that. That's if, a nice touch. Yeah. If you had a million dollars. And if you had a virtual bank account filled with Bitcoin out your ears and you could do anything you wanted in the world, you'd probably go out and buy a $7,000 Fiat X19. Probably. Yeah. That's what I looked at this week. I was out, uh, I don't know how I stumbled upon this car, but it's somewhere around here on Facebook Marketplace. The Fiat X19 was kind of like the little coupe MR2, you might say, uh, back in the day. But it kind of had that European flair. I think it even had some wood trim on the inside of it, uh, the shifter. You know, kind of had that old European look to it. The cars had a uh, target top you could remove. They weren't particularly fast. I think they were probably a four cylinders, probably a dog that's carbureted. This car is going for seven thousand dollars with fifty two thousand miles on it. I don't think this car was worth more than two or three thousand dollars ten years ago. A couple years back, yeah. Uh, and I could be completely wrong. And and I think going back to that article with the tractors. Are we seeing these older cars that are in decent, runnable shape? Are they going for stupid money now because pe- people are willing to? I, I don't. I, I'm going to lean on Gabe for this because you like eccentric things. I mean, we, we all three do. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this room. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show and be talking to each other. But I mean, something like this, seven grand seems like a lot. But at the same time, does it suffer from a lot of the similar conditions that others do? Like, where are you going to find another one? I mean, is is there something to that? I, I got to be honest. I don't know anything about the Fiat, <laughs> Fiat X19. I'd never heard of that until yeah. I sat down. But when you described it it's, as it's a, a worse Fiero, 
It, it just sounds like there's no way it could be worth $7,000. I mean, yeah, you can always have buyer's remorse, right? Yeah. This will never come up. And that's a great sales pitch. Yeah. But in reality, you could probably find another one. Is it wrong that I know who designed this? Uh, is it uh, Pinafrina or Bertone? No. Or Bertone. Uh, Bertone. Yeah, that's right. Bertone. That's right. Bertone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, things like this, I, I love the fact that you found one. Where is this, by the way? Is this I, local? I thought it was in uh, Bloomington, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because there was one floating around a couple of years ago for like 850 bucks. Was it yellow? Uh, it was blue. Yeah. And, was blue. I, and I've seen them for, for pretty low cost. That's why I see this, this $7,000. And I'm thinking, well, is $7,000 what it used to be? I mean, is the market just gone crazy at 30000 you know, points that people are like, ah, I'll just spend stupid money at this point. I mean, I'll just pull some money out of my 401k. and But it's still an X19 at the end of the day, and it still drives like crap. It's carburetor. You probably can't get parts for it. The paint's probably bubbled up all over the place, and I guarantee the burl wood is faded. But it's only got 52,000 miles. And Eric wants it. And Eric is like, does does yeah, does have a manual it. trans. My wife and I look pretty good in that. But here's the thing. I can get a spider. I can get an old alpha spider. You know, I can get yeah. a, you know, a midget or something like that. Sure. It looks far cooler than this car for half the price, I think. Uh, it's think? probably closer to seven for a nice one of those. I think so? Yeah. See, I would think this would be a 3500 to $4,000 car. With yeah. that low miles, I could yeah. see a little bit of that. What would... What would the price be to where you'd be like, yeah, maybe, where you consider it uh, as an autocross is, is that, weekend oh, toy? Oh, no, uh, maybe twenty five hundred, three grand. I think. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. What, what about you? I can't fit in it, so I don't like it. I See, I <laughs> think they're neat, and I know like the mid-engine stuff, like, yeah. the, like the MR2s and the Fieros. The Pulsar. And the, the Nissan Pulsar. I forgot all about those. They're fun, but, yeah, they don't send me. But cool. I mean, I haven't seen one in forever, so yeah. all right. it's a good one. That's my car of the week. If I had a million dollars, I wouldn't spend seven thousand on this car. <laughs> right, right. Good, uh, good choice. I went back in time. I got in the DeLorean and I fired it up, and I went back to 1924, and I found a first model year Chrysler six coupe six because it's a six cylinder uh, down at Country Classic Cars in beautiful Staunton, Illinois. Exit 41 off of back in business Route 55. They should be a sponsor. Dang it, they should. Um, but this is the first model year for Chrysler. And Chrysler was kind of born out of the vestiges of the Maxwell Motor Company. Walter P. Chrysler was an industrialist and a really cool guy who, in a short amount of time, made a lot of money during the Roaring Twenties. In fact, uh, you know, two years, I think four years later, uh, is when the Chrysler building went up in New York. He, he made so much money, he's like, I'm moving from Auburn Hills to New York City and built himself a skyscraper. So A deco, I mean, art deco skyscraper. I mean, the, masterpiece. The, the beautiful one. Yeah, but it started because he was building really cool cars. Well-built vehicles, more metal in them than some of the other cars. Back then, a lot of them were still wood-bodied. Uh, I believe Chrysler's always, like Plymouth's, always had hydraulic brake systems borrowed from Lockheed back when aviation was still making really good stuff and not carbon fiber weird things that blow up in the sky. <laughs> and uh, Chrysler is just a beautiful little car. This has a, a kind of a two-tone green and black finish with the classic Landau irons. Be a nice little rumble seat coupe for somebody. I just don't know if I'd pay thirteen eight, thirteen thousand eight hundred fifty is what they're asking. It needs a total restoration, but it'd be kind of an easy one and I think a fun fun car. Well, I think when you set this next to the $7,000 X19, I think your car wins. Okay. I think, right. I think I'd pay 13 for that before I'd pay 7 for the X19. Maybe. Although it would not handle an autocross course very no, well. No, but God, those white, I mean, how much are those white wall tires worth? About 200 apiece. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
There's one way to find out how well it do. I guess. I mean, the wheels on this would they they be steel? I mean, those spokes. There would. Oh yeah, definitely no auto crossing on that. Yeah, it might it might hurt. It might hurt. I mean, it's the only car in its division that's gonna win. Maybe there's there's no competition in that class, whatever class that is. Yeah. No, it'd be a bump class, and they'd screw you. They'd be like, oh well, we're gonna put you up here with a 1970s Mustang or something like that. Oh damn it! You know, it's 50 years difference. DNF overheat break everything exactly all right so gabe we we had that's an eclectic mix just those two yeah put those I, side by i side. think we're gonna we're gonna top that here what uh, what's your car of the week yeah and we already spoiled it a bit at the top of the episode well i had uh, talk about it yeah obviously but i i look some today and you know there's a lot of cars that i love and i there's so much to pick from but the hj61 that's sitting in my driveway that i'm trying to help my friend sell i have seen and known about for about four or five years now and I've wanted it, and I've almost bought it a couple of times, but yeah. then, you know, time pro- goes on, and you end up buying a Supra, a Supra and then, yeah. you know, you can't do that anymore. One thing leads to another. Sure. Exactly. But one of the things I love about vehicles is that I love putting a smile on somebody's face when you go by or you pull up, and they want to talk about it, not to just, you know, give attention, but I'll, just to brighten somebody's day. You know, I don't want to just see, sure. you know, RAV4s going down the road, not to pick He's on the RAV4. a friendly lawyer. He is. Yeah. But nothing <laughs> would make me happier than putting my child's giant teddy bear in the left-hand non-driver's side of this thing and buckle it in and drive down the road and watch people stare and laugh when they see a teddy bear because it's a right-hand drive, yeah. 1988 Toyota Land Cruiser imported from Japan. Um, it's got about 160,000 miles on it. It's a five-speed manual, and it's not hard to drive with your left hand. It, no? It really isn't. Okay. The, the most difficult thing is that when you're first learning to drive right-hand, you've got lane posture with shifting, and that turbo is peppy. And it'll get you up to shifting RPMs quick. And then you're, oh, no, and you're trying to watch the lane while you shift it over. And so after about a day and a half, you get it. And it's not hard after that, except for you're going to hit your windshield wipers a lot because they switch those too. Oh, on the oh that's right. Yeah. 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 So when you go to signal, you hit the windshield wipers anyways. But, you know, my buddy's done a lot of work to it. I've helped him with a lot of the work over it. He dynamated it. He put a new carpet. He just had rust repair on the, on the roof. He, you know, he cleaned out and, and put back in the gas tank. It's, it's got a PTO factory winch. Yes. Um, wow. That yeah. is insane. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, you can haul trees with this thing. No kidding. So it's, it's just a very unique, very fun vehicle. It gets a lot of attention, uh, in, you know, in a happy way. And I love that, but I have no room for it and I'm not allowed. So the diesel, what, what kind of fuel economy does that thing roll out? Uh, he says it gets about 24, 26 mile per gallon. Are you freaking kidding me? No. That's not bad for how big that, that Oh my God. No, thing that is. thing works. If it's a gasser, it's 10 all day long. Diesel inline six? I believe so. Yeah. And okay. It's, it's yeah. got a 4060 rear bench that you can take out too that you can drop down. It's got rubber matting on the back to haul things. I yeah. mean, it's great. Why do we not see as many of those here in the States? Because we talked before, I mean, Eric's been on Bring a Trailer and looked at some of the, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Celicas and some of the, the Japanese sports cars. Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about some of the Nissan Figaros and the POWs and like the, the cool things that they come over here. How come we don't see a lot of those Land Cruisers? They just don't exist, period, or people like to keep them over in Japan? I just, I don't think that people are willing to pay the price for them because you know, you get, I get a lot of people messaging me. I just have it on Facebook for sale right now. And they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Or they, they see it on the street. Man, how much is that? And you tell them how much it is. And they, ah, 
well, yeah. you know, like, okay, thanks. they're thinking that's a really cool older, you yeah. know, SUV. Maybe I could get it for ten grand. It's yeah. like, no. no, the asking price is twenty five grand. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, you had to buy it at auction in Japan. You had to ship it here. It had to be inspected. It had to be had all the Hello Kitty stuff removed from it. I was told. <laughs> 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 not not a joke. I was told that. that. Was serious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it, it takes a lot of work, and you've got to have faith in that process too. Because yeah. if you're putting a down payment on a vehicle that they have to ship from another country, I mean, that's different than just rolling down south and picking up a rust-free, you know, early model Tacoma. And and so that is also the dilemma we have here in the Midwest is a lot of those vehicles, whether it was a, a sedan or an SUV or a, a Tacoma like that, if that vehicle is from the 70s, 80s, or even 90s here in our neck of the woods, they're gone. They're disintegrated. And, right. And so what we find ourselves doing now is we're going to, like, Arizona, we're going to California, even even uh, states like Oregon and, and Seattle or Washington, they have fairly rust-free cars, but they don't exist in our neck of the woods. It just doesn't happen. And then you got to think about the sales penetration too. None of those cars were sold around here, so even if, if they did sell them, you know, there wasn't much to work with. Sure, sure. But uh, they do have a loyal following, so if somebody is interested in picking that one up, it's not like, you know, oh, I've got the only one in existence. There is there is a worldwide, they have, they do have a global following, is that right? I was told that this was set, the specifics to this one were one of five in the U.S. Wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, probably I had with, somebody with from the roof Yemen and the diesel. Yeah. I don't know if it was serious or not. But. Yeah. No, I, Could be. I, it's definitely unique, and it's one of those vehicles. It, it, it's Southern Cruiser Crawl. When I go down there and I see these guys with the, they call the VJ70 model. It's like a two-door diesel, four-cylinder. Those vehicles are going for $25,000 in clean shape. They have a, yeah. a pop-off plastic top, but that vehicle that you're driving and, and you're trying to sell would be totally at home there. And guys would be like, oh, 30000 you know, that that's what that thing's worth. Unfortunately, you're in central Illinois. Correct. <laughs> so we got to figure out a way to get that thing to Colorado or out to California. You can probably get the money for it. I well, think. all of our listeners in, in Colorado and California, Eric, uh, they'll definitely pick up on this. We'll set, we'll put some pictures up there. Yeah, if anybody uh, wants to give me the money to go ahead and keep it, I would be happy to do that. Okay. Oh, we'll start a Patreon. We'll yeah, start a, start a new Patreon. A GoFundMe. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a, a level on there. How much, how much do you need per month? <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Well, Gabe, thanks for your hospitality. We appreciate, uh, just being able to talk cars and just hang out a little bit on a, on a dreary winter's night. So I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be back in action in the spring and I'd love to see that Supra. I still have yet to see and hear one of those in real life, uh, besides the one in the garage. Well, I think this is going to be the year of the Supra because Forts is, we're ramping up some Supra activity. We got Gabe with his and, uh, I think, uh, that other customer with the yellow one, have you reached out to him? No, you said he was going to call me. He never did? No. Okay. Well, we got some people interested. We may start a little, a Supra soiree nice. uh, come up there. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to 2020 as far as that goes. We have a 2020 vision of Supras. Terrible, terrible. Uh, Gabe, are you going to track that car? Uh, again, with the launch edition, I struggle with it. I almost <laughs> wish I could trade it on just a regular one and just you know, you know do the Supra stuff with we it. We have another one for sale. That. You could have two. Okay? <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. It wasn't even any, like, yeah, maybe. No, I, I can't do that. The door's not <laughs> even open so the wife could hear him say anything. He could have lied said, I'm working on it. He didn't even say that. He She's said, actually loading the guns upstairs. Yeah. Okay. Click, click. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining in. We're glad you're back. We're glad we're back for 2020. And uh, with that, we need to wrap up the show. My name's Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. And Gabe Casey. We are happy you were here. We'll see you next time.